Hello, and welcome to the Down to the Wire podcast. My name is Rune Shunker, staff writer and podcast host for DHSPress.com. Go check out Ian Whitfield's piece on Hoops for Rayhan, and then the new episode of the Tip-Off podcast about the injuries in the NBA, all at DHSPress.com. Go check it out. It's all the news Titans need to know about their school and the world at large. This week, I'm talking about the Rockets and the trades that they've made. Listen, if you're making trades, you got to make sure you're coming in under the salary cap. Look at Miami. They're trying to sign Andre Iguodala and then get another piece, and they're about $10 underneath the sal- uh, the hard cap. Might be a slight exaggeration. Um, if you need to get under your salary cap, make sure that you do a lot of your bookkeeping with Lori Christ Accounting. Bookkeeping's hard. There's no way around it. It's tedious, time-consuming, and often difficult work. Why should you spend your weekends working on balance sheets and looking at income statements and bank reconciliations when you can go, go on over to Lori Christ and have it done for one low monthly fee? To get your bookkeeping done for one low fee, call 703-304-5173. Once again, that's 703-304-5173. The Christ Accounting Group, monthly bookkeeping, made simple. As I said before, we are talking about the Rockets trade of Clint Capella for Robert Covington, a four-team trade, but we're going to be focusing on the Rockets here and what their move signifies for them this year and the NBA for the years to come. But before that, let's get some music. Uh. Yeah. Rockets recently made a huge trade, sending their starting center, Clint Capella, to Atlanta and receiving, in exchange, Robert Covington. There were other parts of the deal, but those were made more from a money standpoint. So this is the most important part of the deal. The Rockets gave up Clint Capella, and they got back Robert Covington. Now here's what we need to look at. What are the Rockets going to do at center? Clint Capella averaged 14 points and 14 boards for them in this so far this year. He was their primary pick-and-roll partner with James Harden and the force of their interior defense. Robert Covington is a really, really good player. I mean, he's a 3-and-D wing, which is exactly what you need, and many are saying that he was one of the most coveted pieces in the market this year. But at the same time, I cannot emphasize this enough. The Rockets just gave up their starting center in a season where they don't really have that much depth at center. I mean, they've been playing P.J. Tucker at center. P.J. Tucker's 6'5", but he's very stout and very powerful, but he's also 6'5". There's a huge strain upon the body when playing defense, especially when playing in the middle of the defense. And I'm not sure what the Rockets are thinking they're going to be able to do. They do have two centers on the roster. They have uh, Tyson Chandler and then Isaiah Hardenstein. But neither of those guys are really that effective. Hardenstein's shown some flashes here and there, but Chandler's really old. He's a rim protector, or has been in the past, but a lot of people think he's washed up, and I kind of count myself as one of them. He's only played 8.8 minutes per game this year. Can he hold up in a bigger role? There are a lot of bets being made here by Daryl Morey, but here's the biggest one. That the downgrade from Capella to another center whose primary role is going to be uh, doing three things. Getting rebounds, defending in the middle, and then rolling to the rim when playing the pick and roll with James Harden. He's Maury's betting that an, uh, a downgrade in center won't really have a huge downgrade in those skills. And he's thinking that the upgrade from wing defender X, like a Ben McElmore, to 
Robert Covington is going to be much bigger. Robert Covington so far this year, 12.8 points per game, 6 rebounds, shooting 34.6% from the three-point line. Those are good numbers, not great numbers. I don't know. This is a tough bet. And listen, Daryl Morey has his reasons, but... Another pick-and-roll guy. How is he going to develop a relationship with the screen screen and roll game with Harden? Are they going to just ditch the P&R altogether and just have Harden go isolation or Westbrook go isolation? It's something they've done in the past. They feel like just having that one person there is the ideal way to do it, and they do it a lot. So at that point, you're minimizing the role of a center. So that's what Maury's betting on here is more betting that the role of the center is going to be essentially nothing that they don't need a center now they're gonna get through the regular season all right because of this i don't think it's gonna tax them too much other than the only major effect is that pj tucker playing so many minutes at the five could be detrimental to him personally but where this is really going to impact them is in the playoffs so let's take a look at four of their major playoff matchups that they could have the jazz the lakers the clippers and the nuggets which are kind of clearly the teams that have solidified themselves as the top teams in the conference so far this year Let's start with the Jazz. They have a huge center, Rudy Gobert. He's great defensively in the paint, and then he's also pretty good offensively as a screen and roll player with these guards that they have, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Where it's going to be interesting to see is even if Gobert dominates on the offensive end, he's going to be brutally attacked in space by Harden. We saw it happen last year. We've seen it happen years before. Steph Curry's done it. James Harden has done it. Other guards have just attacked Rudy Gobert in space by bringing him out and forcing him to play on the perimeter where he's not that good. His presence is in the middle of the defense. But here's a good thing for the Rockets. Past just being able to attack Gobert and maybe preventing him from dominating as much as against P.J. Tucker or Hardenstein or Chandler. They have multiple defenders to throw at Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich now. And Mike Conley, to a lesser extent, will see how bad his injury is. They can throw Robert Covington on Donovan Mitchell and kind of harass him a little bit. It allows Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden to get more rest and limits their defensive impact, which is not good, folks. That's an interesting corollary that they're going to have to explore. The Lakers are maybe the hardest matchup for them. Robert Covington is going to probably have to guard AD. That's about a three-inch gap in height there and a decent amount in terms of weight. So you're going to see AD take a lot of things to the hoop. Chandler is going to take one of JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard if the uh, Lakers decide to play ultra big. And then Daniel House is going to have to play on LeBron. You might swap the uh, Robert Covington-Daniel House matchup depending on how it's going and the situation of the game, but those are about the matchups. The problem is the Lakers are just so big that they're going to overwhelm, and you cannot attack them in the same way that you would have the Jazz because even if you play McGee and Howard out of the game, which is not too unlikely because those two are like Gobert in that they are liabilities on the perimeter, AD's going to move to center, LeBron's going to play the four, or Kuzma's going to play the four depending on what they do what Vogel decides, and AD is very comfortable playing out on the perimeter. He can play good perimeter defense. He's not excellent, but he's very, very good. You can't attack him with James Harden the way you can a Rudy Gobert. So the Lakers are going to be an interesting matchup because they're going to play so big and they can be so versatile in how they're going to play that it's going to be a tough matchup for the Rockets unless they can somehow get some stronger interior defense because... 
P.J. Tucker is going to be playing on AD or LeBron for a decent amount as well. However, how much can P.J. Tucker do? P.J. Tucker's 6'5". I mean, he's very, very strong. But again, the stress of playing center on the body is so large. And maybe in a five-game, in a seven-game playoff series, it's not as not as dramatic, but it's still going to be there. And the attrition that it's going to take on Tucker is going to be one of the most intri- intriguing plot lines of the remaining season. The Clippers, it's a little bit easier just because they don't have that one dominant center. They got, you'll, you'll take Robert Covington on Kawhi and then maybe P.J. Tucker on Paul George. And with Ivica Zubac, it's Zubac. You know, I mean, he's not a star player. Or with Montrezl Harrell, well, you put uh, Chandler or Harden because those guys aren't going to really, really stretch the four and they're not as dominant. For the Nuggets, now this is interesting because the Nuggets are so good with Jokic on the floor, and Jokic plays such a diverse role. I don't know what they're going to do with Jokic. That's one of the more intriguing plot lines for me as well. I think the Nuggets are a pretty tough matchup for them. But like the Jazz, Jokic can be played off the floor with some strong perimeter uh, attacking of him. Maury's testing the limits of modern small ball. He's trying to make a bet that Harden and Westbrook will play these bigs off the floor in the playoffs. It's only going to go more in this direction for the NBA as a whole. But not all the teams are going to do this for people who are worried about a certain homogeneity in how teams are going to be playing in the future. Teams are still going to be using centers. You look this year, the Jokic is being used, the Lakers tandem slash Davis, Gobert. There's going to be a position for centers it's just going to be a varied role carl anthony towns is still a very commodity product centers who don't shoot threes however they are going to be limited in their role they are going to be limited in what they're going to do and that's why you see a lot of centers that you wouldn't have expected shooting threes Jokic shoots threes gobert doesn't shoot threes although he's shown some uh inclination towards wanting to play on the perimeter and then you also talk about, like, even in D.C., Thomas Bryant shoots threes. Jan Mahimi has started shooting threes. JaVale McGee is shooting threes. Every center is learning how to shoot threes now because it's a new commodity that they have to learn, and it's a new skill that they must master and become at least competent in if they want to be able to stay on the floor and not get played off the floor. For the Rockets, this is a bet. This is a bet made by Daryl Morey. He's won bets before, he's lost bets before. The James Harden trade was maybe the best bet he's made in, his, in the history of the league. Let's see how this one does. And if the bet works, the Rockets might find themselves taking off.